Welcome to the International Trade Minute, quick-fire trade news, where time is trade. We are your go-to podcast for rapid and concise updates on trade and law, designed specifically for busy trade professionals. Sponsored by Rydell Law Firm and prepared by seasoned trade attorneys, our twice-weekly podcast packages your essential trade updates, all in the time it takes to enjoy your coffee break. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and join the conversation with a network of like-minded professionals on LinkedIn. Where time is trade, make every minute count. In today's episode, we're diving into six key articles that highlight the current landscape of international commerce. Let's get started. In our first story, we're discussing a significant decision from the U.S. Supreme Court that's making waves in the trade sector. The court has rejected a challenge to the steel import tariffs first imposed by former President Donald Trump and maintained under President Joe Biden. Let's break it down. The tariffs in question include a 25% levy on steel derivatives imports. These tariffs were a part of Trump's broader trade policy, initiated in 2018 under the Trade Expansion Act. The act allows for such measures if imports are deemed to threaten national security. Prime Source Building Products, a major nail importer, challenged these tariffs. Their argument? The expansion of the tariffs in 2020 to include steel derivatives like nails didn't follow the necessary statutory procedures. However, the lower courts, and now the Supreme Court, have upheld these tariffs. What's the legal basis, you ask? The law requires the president to act within a specific time frame upon receiving a report from the Secretary of Commerce. In 2018, then-Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross reported that steel imports were a national security concern, primarily due to their impact on domestic steel production and the internal economy. But PrimeSource argued that the 2020 expansion missed these deadlines. Despite the U.S. Court of International Trade initially striking down these expanded tariffs, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Federal Circuit reversed this decision. They stated that the president has authority to impose contingency-dependent tariff increases for national security. This decision carries weight beyond just steel imports. It's a significant precedent in how Congress delegates power and the executive's latitude in interpreting trade law. President Biden's administration, like Trump's, defends these tariffs, their stance. Section 232 of the Trade Expansion Act allows for ongoing adjustments to tariffs without needing fresh reports for each change. Prime Source's appeal to the Supreme Court was an attempt to challenge this interpretation, but with the Supreme Court declining to hear the case, the current stance on tariff law remains unchallenged. Up next, the Commerce Department is making a bold move in international trade, integrating human rights considerations into its export promotion policies. This development comes after a recent announcement requiring the International Trade Administration, or ITA, to assess potential human rights impacts of export assistance. Senator Ron Wyden, a key figure in prompting this change, received confirmation of this new policy in an October letter from the Commerce Department. This policy aims to prevent U.S. exports from contributing to human rights abuses, particularly focusing on surveillance technology. The ITA has added a comprehensive human rights addendum to its global markets client eligibility policy. If significant human rights concerns are identified, the agency will withhold export promotion, advocacy, and diplomatic support. This policy isn't just theoretical. ITA officials have been trained with real-world scenarios. For instance, they're directed to decline assistance for facial recognition software exports to governments known to suppress dissent using similar technology. Senator Wyden applauds this initiative, marking it as a first in U.S. trade policy. However, he remains cautious, eager to see these policies effectively implemented and monitored. Under this new directive, 
Products like AI surveillance software, biometric tracking tools, and certain military equipment will undergo stringent reviews. The goal? To ensure you. S-exports don't contribute to human rights violations or undermine democracy abroad. On our next story, a pressing issue in the world of international commerce. The rising concern over the misclassification of export, controlled items, and illegal data exports. In a startling revelation, the state and commerce departments have identified a significant increase in illegal exports of controlled items, including technical data. This trend stems from a fundamental issue. Companies are not classifying their products correctly, leading to unauthorized exports without proper licensing. Jay Shin, the acting head of the State Department's Directorate of Defense Trade Controls, highlighted the gravity of this situation at the ComDef 2023 Defense Industry Conference. Last year alone, the DDTC received over 600 voluntary disclosures with a substantial portion involving unauthorized exports of hardware and technical data. The common misstep? Companies are sending data to U.S. firms, which then forward it to overseas companies without proper classification and licensing, a clear export violation. Eric Longnecker from the Bureau of Industry and Security also echoed these concerns. Misclassifications, especially of technical data, are a frequent issue. This includes cases where U.S. companies share controlled technology with foreign nationals on U.S. soil without realizing the need for a deemed export license. These missteps are not just procedural errors. They have real consequences. Recently, an American 3D printing company faced fines exceeding $25 million for illegally sending controlled design documents and data to Germany. Similarly, three U.S. companies were penalized for exporting technical drawings to China for 3D printing of defense and space prototypes. Shin emphasizes the importance of proper classification. If you don't classify your items well, you are going to run into issues later on, he warns. It's not just about knowing the regulations, but also about implementing practical and understandable compliance procedures, especially in departments like business development, engineering, and procurement. The message is clear. In the intricate dance of international trade, understanding and adhering to export control regulations is not just a legal obligation, but a critical aspect of business strategy. We turn our attention now to a critical advisory from the Bureau of Industry and Security that could have significant implications for freight forwarders everywhere. Export licensing, a critical piece in the trade puzzle, ensuring compliance with national security and foreign policy objectives. But with great power comes great responsibility. And that's the crux of BIS official Terrell McKnight's recent warning to forwarders at the Western Cargo Conference. Here's the bottom line. Forwarders, if you're applying for export licenses on behalf of your customers, you're on the hook for compliance. The BIS isn't saying don't do it, but they are saying do it with your eyes wide open. Know your customer, know your regulations, and if you're willing, accept the liability. It's a risky business. A single slip-up in the application process, and you're facing more than just scrutiny. You're facing the full weight of the law, especially for those new to the game or using license exceptions TA. Consider this a heads-up. BIS will be watching. McKnight's message was clear. This isn't about punishment. It's about prevention. It's about making sure those at the helm of these applications are navigating with precision, not just checking boxes to turn a profit. For forwarders, the takeaway is simple. Dive deep into the details, ensure your compliance strategies are watertight, and only then take the plunge. Up next, we're examining a seismic shift in the hemispheric trade winds. Latin America's position in the global supply chain is set for a potential overhaul, thanks to the Americas Act. Spearheaded by Senators Bill Cassidy and Michael Bennett, the act seeks to expand the USMCA, incentivizing businesses to shift their gaze from the east to the western hemisphere. Mike Pyle, the White House Deputy National Security Advisor, 
commended the bill at an Inter-American Development Bank Group event, calling it a cornerstone for future investment in the region. With an eye on deepening economic integration, Senator Cassidy emphasized the need for a united political front, recognizing the mutual benefits of increased trade and investment within our hemisphere. Cassidy's vision is clear. Create a pathway for Latin American countries to join USMCA, citing Costa Rica as a key candidate, a move that he believes will not destabilize the current balance but will foster collective growth. Foreign Secretary Alicia Barcina of Mexico echoed this sentiment, highlighting the necessity for a regional approach to economic strategy. Meanwhile, Senator Bennett pointed out a staggering 80% decline in new foreign investments in China, a clear indicator that businesses are ready to redirect their resources, with Latin America poised to benefit. The stakes are high, as economic development could prove to be the linchpin in addressing migration and drug trafficking concerns. With firms like Amazon calling for modernized trade facilitation and the IDB championing initiatives that have already streamlined processes and boosted trade, the region stands on the cusp of a trade renaissance. Annabel Gonzalez of the IDB caps off our segment with a note of optimism, citing a 51% increase in foreign direct investment flows to Latin America and the Caribbean. Last but definitely not the least, we're diving into a story that's making headlines in the world of international trade and national security. This week, the United States has unveiled charges in two major cases involving the illegal export of dual-use goods to Russia. Now, for those unfamiliar, dual-use goods are items that can have both civilian and military applications, and they're strictly controlled for security reasons. In the first indictment, the Department of Justice has arrested a New York resident alongside two Russian-Canadian nationals for leading a scheme to evade U.S. sanctions on Russia. These individuals, using two Brooklyn-based companies, allegedly exported millions of dollars' worth of dual-use electronic components and integrated circuits to Russia. Matthew Olson, head of DOJ's National Security Division, pointed out the sophistication of this procurement network, which directly aids Russia in its conflict against Ukraine. The Commerce Department has flagged these exported goods as of the highest concern, emphasizing their use in Russia's precision-guided weapon systems. The DOJ explains how these shipments were cleverly concealed. They were first sent to various transshipment countries like Turkey, Hong Kong, India, China, and the UAE, before making their way to Russia. Over $7 million in goods were sold, with the accused using aliases and front companies to mask their activities. They even discussed ways to avoid detection, highlighting the lengths they went to in this illicit trade. In the second indictment, three individuals, including two Russian citizens and a Brooklyn resident, were charged with similar offenses. They're accused of using a Brooklyn-based company, Quality Life Q, to procure electronic components for Russian military-affiliated firms. One of them was arrested earlier this month, while the other two remain at large. The DOJ's search uncovered significant evidence, including thousands of electronic components and incriminating messages discussing ways to circumvent U.S. sanctions. These cases highlight the ongoing battle against illegal trade practices that threaten global security. The U.S. is sending a clear message. They're watching, and they're ready to act against those who attempt to undermine international sanctions. Thank you for joining us on International Trade Minute, your rapid source of trade updates for busy trade professionals. And we hope to have you back for our next episode. Don't forget to subscribe.